Welcome to SelfDiscoveryWisdom.com, formerly known as SelfDiscovery Media. On these podcasts, you're going to hear people who speak from the heart. They've taken the journey in life. Many things have happened to them, but they've changed it to happening for them. And in their strength, their courage, they've discovered their abilities and their wisdom, and they are now sharing it here with you. Do enjoy each show. We bring it to you with love and knowing that it's going to help you on your journey of life. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living, right here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Rachel Harrington. We're going to be talking about her new book that she's just written, uh, which is Your Prosperity Blueprint, Self-Discipline and an Emotional Awareness. We're going to be talking all about what drove her to write the book and uh, what it means to her. But Rachel is a woman who chooses personal power, faith, and hope to grant her resilience and strength in life. She was born in England. Her family began when she um, was just four years old, traveling to where her father's work took them. However, through these experiences, Rachel learned to adapt at a very young age to different cultures and customs and schools. And by the age of 15, she had traveled to Africa, New Zealand, Switzerland, Canada, to name but a few. For the years to follow, she began to reject norms imposed upon her. Her journey was not an easy one, filled with despair, frustration, a lack of self-worth. And at 39 years old, her husband walked away from an abusive, she walked away from an abusive relationship with two small children in tow. And alone, scared, feeling hopeless, she began her journey to recreate her life. And in 2011, Rachel walked away from a corporate job with no idea how she was going to feed her children. Well, this is her journey and how it led to her prosperity blueprint. And as you listeners know, we'd love to do these type of shows where we share people's journeys of how and why they got to where they are today. And one of the big things is realizing when something isn't working and that you have to redirect because when it starts killing the heart, the soul, and the spirit, you know that you've got to move on. Welcome to the show, love. Oh, thank you very much. I feel very honored to be on here today. Thank you, Sarah. Oh, my pleasure. Um, you know, you've traveled around a lot, and that in, in itself is twofold. One, disruptive, because as a kid, you would like norm, you know, something mm. you can count on. But on the other hand, you know, when you reflect back, what wonderful experiences of experiencing new cultures uh, you know, which would you say you had the battle with? Did you have the battle with the forever moving or did you immerse yourself in those cultures? Hmm. I think it was a little bit of both. So I definitely enjoyed the the experience of traveling because, mm -hmm. I mean, so many great cultures. Mm -hmm. New Zealand was my favorite. Uh, the kids were actually... <laughs> This is funny, but they were actually the the least meanest of all the kids. <laughs> they they were they they didn't make fun of my accent because my accent was English, and then it started to slightly change as I became more of a Kiwi. And so, um, but I also missed having you know a regular room. I missed mm. having the friends down the street. Um, so for a long time there, I lived out of a suitcase. It was I remember at one point um, we had left New Zealand to go back to Canada for my father's work. And then in something happened in Canada and we had to go back to New Zealand. And I said, well, where are all my toys? He says, well, at the moment they're on a boat on their way to New Zealand. <laughs> I was like, oh, 
So by the time I got, it was two years before I saw any of my stuff. So I was only mm. allowed to take small amounts. So it was very disruptive, like you said, but it did teach me to learn to be very adaptive in mm. situations. Absolutely. And I would imagine more appreciative of that when you got older rather than when you were a child. Yes, absolutely. Of course, because as an adult, you have to adapt quickly to situations within work, within friends. And so I think that made it easier for me to accept change. Sometimes people resist change. Mm. For me, it was very easy to accept it because I was so accustomed to it since a very young, small age of four and a half. Mm. So for me, it was, oh, okay, so we're moving here. Oh, we're picking up and doing this. So yeah, I became very good at it. <laughs> yeah. How did that affect you in your adult life? Did you, you know, from uh, for me, I be, I'm a bit of a nomad and kind of never stay in one place for too long. You know, did that kind of wondrous bug kind of hit you when you were older? Uh, or did you kind of, no, I'm going to settle. I want to be in one place. Well, I think I, I liked moving around up until I had my son. And mm -hmm. after I had my son, I decided that, oh, there, I wasn't going to be going anywhere because I was raising a child. And then I had my daughter a few years after that. And I thought, okay, there's not really anywhere I can go um, because at that point I had moved into as a single mother. So I stayed within sort of like the area, the mm. province, what we would call it, um, and where I lived. I still did things, but I was not really traveling. Mm. Uh, it wasn't until they were probably in their later part of their teens that I finally realized, okay, I think I can go back to what I, I missed it. I missed yes. traveling. I missed doing those things. I loved getting on and off planes and doing all of that. So um, yeah, I, now I'm back to it and I do it every year, a couple of times a year. Uh, I've actually encouraged my children. I at a When they were younger, I would take them places. I took them, not a lot of big places, but as they grew into their teenage years, I took them to different parts, Thailand and Costa Rica mm -hmm. and, and things like that um, because I wanted them to experience life firsthand because yeah. it's great it's great to see it on social media it's yes. great to see it on television or in a film but it's very different when you experience the culture the flavor of things the people the customs just everything about the country is very different and I think that's why I had such a, a vast knowledge of just how mm. people were it was because I had experienced so much at such a young age yeah I literally have just interviewed somebody who'd be of the same week who uh, joined the Peace Corps uh, at 23 and uh, you know he you're you're going to Paraguay to teach people how to um, you know harness bees and the honey teach people how to manage them and he thought oh that would be a great experience and and it blew away you know everything that he thought it would be when he got there the reality of what it was and what yes. it the impact that it had on his life forevermore and that's I think it doesn't matter how much you can read to a child or a child or a documentary or this or that, the experience of seeing things firsthand, of having conversations with people from other cultures, um, of even immersing into that culture for whatever period of time, I think is one of the best life lessons you can give. Mm hmm. Yes. No. I, I And that's, I think, why I wanted them to travel, because I said you will learn more about the culture in experiencing it than you would ever read it in a book yes we, we, we have imagination that's great but yes. when you when you really experience it it's very different so yeah and you know obviously through your journey of life you've picked up skills and tools and and things to help you 
in yeah. in your journey of life in business etc but without the experience very often i don't think people even understand how to use the tools mm. yes I, i think so i would have to say i would have to say i agree with what you're saying yes absolutely because I think that I've picked those up and there have been situations within my own life that have thrown big curveballs, mm. but it's because of those tools that I've yeah. learned to adapt and to, I remember my son, when he was young, someone said to someone had said to him, uh, you know, well, what, what, why do, why do you keep going? And he said, because my mom says there's always a solution. There's mm -hmm. always something at the end. He said, never give up because you'll always find something, something will show up to get you to the next step. Right. Wise. I mean, isn't that wonderful when you actually hear it from your child? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, you were listening. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. It, well, you know, I think sometimes children, as much as you say things, I think sometimes children listen. But when they see you act on it. Yeah. They absorb it a lot more because they're like, oh, you're actually speaking and doing it. You're not just speaking it. So yes. he saw me doing it and realized that I would always find a solution to something. Even when we were in the worst crazy chaos, I was like, there's got to be a way out. Yeah, there is always a way out. And I think it's, you know, when you can take that deep breath and, and the worst thing we can do when we we're facing any adversity is tense up because that blocks any form of clarity or solution to come to you. And it is kind of, let's take that breath. Let's just trust and invite the solution. And that means stepping into faith, you know, stepping into there. There's always a way out. I'm only going to see it if I can mm -hmm. step out of the anxiety, which is easier said than done. But, yes. you know, when, when you've had more experience at it, you realize, well, I'm not going to get results in this state of being. I need to step mm -hmm. into trust in order for those, you know, for those solutions to appear. Mm, yes, you have to, you have to trust yourself and you have to trust that everything is going to work out and that it's going to flow beautifully. Mm. But a lot of times we get into a place of fear and then the resistance. Mm. And so there becomes these roadblocks and it makes it more challenging because you're in such resistance mm. to it that it affects the situation and you don't get, and when you get the results that you don't really want, you're upset, yeah. but ultimately you have to come back to yourself and say, well, I sat there in anxiety and fear and frustration the whole time. So as much as the universe wanted to give me this, they, they it was trying real hard, but it couldn't because I kept saying, oh no, I don't really yeah. want it, yeah. but I do want it, but I don't really want yeah. it. <laughs> well, it's like that trepidation and the lineup of the roller coaster. You know, you know, you see what the roller coasters are now, you know, whoop, 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 you know, like, no, thank you. Um, being through enough life roller coasters, <laughs> but it's that anticipation when you get on the roller coaster and off it goes and your stomach turns upside down and your breath holds and the exhilaration and then, then the fear of the whole gamut that you go through on that ride. And then the exhilaration when you come off. And I think mm -hmm. that although that's condensed into a few minutes of all those moments, I think that when we look at, a, you know, we can look back on our experience and go, yeah, that was a roller coaster ride. And it was very intense at times, but the exhilaration is what has come out of it and where mm -hmm. I am now. Mm -hmm. I always like to say, it's not so much the end point that you want to achieve. Mm. It's the journey. Yes. It's the, the actual excitement is the journey going along there, experiencing all the trials and tribulations and challenges, because that is what creates 
your momentum to go to the next level, to take the next step. It's that journey. Because once you arrive there, you're like, okay, well, I, I did this. Now what? Now what? Right? So you're looking for the next step. So yes. I always say, embrace the journey mm -hmm. because the journey will be over shortly and then you'll be on to the next. So. Good or bad, you know, yes, whatever exactly. the journey is. And yes. but I think the thing is, is, you know, when people sometimes get to a roadblock and they go, well, you know, I was on such a momentum or this was happening and now suddenly I'm at a roadblock and I don't know which way to go. And I will say to people that this pause is here for a moment. It's here to reflect. Turn around and look behind you. Look how far you have come. Mm. Look at your resilience. Look at your strength. Look at your courage. Look at what you've learned. Now, in that state of being, now look at the paths before you because mm -hmm. the path that you're meant to take will show itself. But it can't if we're in a state of flux or whatever. You know, we, we get to a panic thinking, well, I thought I was in a flow. No, you're just in a pause. Mm -hmm. And that's reflection time. Don't get panicked about it. <laughs> yes, I agree 100%. And sometimes, you know, even just recently, there's been a few challenges within my life. And it's, it's been difficult because it's like, okay, but I kind of brought this on myself. I kind of, you know, brought this into my own reality. So now I'm just going to have to go with the flow and see where this sends up. And it's being aware. This is yeah. what I like to, it's my clients is being aware of actually what is going on. And then you can actually manipulate a little bit to say, okay, I don't really want this end result. So I'm going to accept this and I'm going to just let it go. And I'm going to take a different path. And you'll find very quickly that certain things will start to shift and change within, you know, that scenario. So yes. it's okay to say to the universe, uh, -uh this is a full stop on this one. <laughs> right i'm writing a new chapter <laughs> yes i'm stopping it i take back those thoughts yes. no longer nope that's it it's over <laughs> and i think it's you know we we always say that you know what you think and what you speak and what you feed is what will grow but at the same time we have to look at those frustrations sometimes and like how do we spend it you know our emotions are an indication of where we're at right now and if we're frustrated or angry it is because we feel blocked or we feel trapped or we we don't know where we're going and it's okay to let it out healthily mm -hmm. you know in some mm -hmm. form whatever it is is it yoga is it running is it just jumping on a bridge and screaming is it putting on music and dancing and singing along whatever you know is it meditation whatever it is that can release it don't try and go but no I'm just going to think positive thoughts and it will go away and um, you know get rid of that in that moment now go okay you're spent now I'm in the what I really want. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would, and I would add to that that sometimes when we're in that place of fear or anxiety, um, it's loving and accepting that that yeah. moment and sitting with it and saying, you know, I love and accept the part of me that is furious with this or furious with that person or furious with this situation, and just sitting with it. And when you sit with it and accept it it actually will dissipate yes. because the emotion then will start to dissipate. It's like you've accepted it. You've, you've, what's the word I'd like to use is um, you've not so much. It's like when the, the feeling comes through, you're acknowledging it. That's the word yeah. I'm looking for. You're acknowledging the fear, you're accepting it. And then it's like, oh, thank you for acknowledging where a lot of people will suppress it. Yes. Push it aside, mm -hmm. not deal with it. 
and then it comes back in a worse form. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> or it comes back as a as even as a health ailment, yes. right? So yeah. it is really important for people to acknowledge it, accept it and say all right, if this is showing and sometimes the fear and the anger are actually better than the worry and, and anticipation because at least with that it's just kind of it's out. Yeah. You feel it and then you release it. So yeah. And I think, you know, kind of keeping verbiage out of your mouth of failure or weakness, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you, you might be in a, a, a weak moment, right, where, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed, which everybody gets there. You're not a failure for feeling like that. <clears throat> you're not a failure if something goes wrong and you thought everything was going right. It's just, again, a pause, a redirect or something you need to address. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for me, failure is when you completely give up and you don't try. Uh, anything else that has you landing on your backside over and over again are just <laughs> redirects and lessons along the way until you get to a point where, ah, 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 sorry, I don't, I've got the balance now. I'm not going to fall, but I heard you. <laughs> yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, I think, that's I, I wish they would teach this in school because I think oh, yeah. it would it would it would support so many of our young children in understanding that they're not failing, that mm -hmm. each child approaches a situation with a different set mm -hmm. of tools and that when they don't get exactly the result they want, then try again, try yes. again, try again until you get the result. But try the way that you feel comfortable. Don't try because that's the way that everybody else says you have to do it. Try it a different way. So ultimately. I think that this is something that is so important that we teach our youth is to empower them and help them understand that they can achieve whatever they want mm. to achieve, but they have to start with themselves first, believing, believing in themselves that they can do it. And then it leads to your adulthood in a place where you're feeling good in who you are. And you know that when those moments of challenge do hit you, you're able to, you know, move through them in a nice flow as opposed to being thrown against a wall and yeah. being stuck. Right. I think it's also kind of uh, why do you want that outcome? Mm. And, you know, and I think sometimes the journey uh, that we take along the way, if we really participate in the journey and don't resist, but go with it, even the struggles and, you know, the pushbacks, but we keep resilience and move forward. We realize, you know, I don't really want that outcome. Through this journey, I've learned, actually, that's what I really want. And so, you know, don't be so tied into what you think you're aiming for, because very often the journey will show you, no, it's actually this. Mm -hmm. Yes. I always like to say, um, you know, when you ask for something, I always say, I'd like this or something better. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because sometimes the universe has better plans for, for yeah, you yeah. Than, than what you actually want. So, yeah. No, yeah, I think that's a good, good thing to have. Oh, my earphones falling out. There we go. <laughs> you know, like you divorced and you left your corporate and you've got two kids that you've got to feed. And that's the state of being of provider, uh, roof over the head, security for the kids. And it's a very anxious time. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you made that decision to move on because life wasn't serving you and under those circumstances. How did you navigate through that into a way where you empowered yourself in the choices that you made? I think 
part of it was, it was a big catalyst was my children mm-hmm. because I did not want to put my children in a place where they were in daycare all day long. Right. And I did not see them because I worked for a big company that sometimes my, my days were 12 hours a day mm. and I did not want that. And I could feel when I was at work that I, I remember des- describing it as, as if I had a 300 pound sumo wrestler sitting on my chest yeah. at work. And I knew that there was, I, I had to let go. I had to quit. Yeah. I had to walk away. I had no idea what I was going to do. Uh-huh. None. And when I quit, I was panicked for the first couple of months. Oh my God, what have I done? Because, uh-huh. you know, I was suddenly now at food banks and I was trying to juggle things and try to make things work. But ultimately, I, as I have said, I started my first business and I realized that everything was already in place. It was just a matter of me letting go. And the minute I did, yes, the minute I did, it was like the right people started to show up to give me here, you need to do this here. There's this available to you. You can go through this program and this is free here. And suddenly it was like, I had all these people show up to start that first business. And um, as I say, you know, that business is I've sold it, but it still goes today is because I believed and that gave me such passion because now I would get up in the morning with my children, mm-hmm. be able to take them to school and say goodbye to them. I was instead of dropping them, you know, or saying here, walk with the neighbor. Um, and then I was able to pick them up after school. So I was able to actually be with them yes. and hang out with them. And that was massive for me because I did not want my children to grow up in daycares or someone else looking after them. I wanted to be with them. I wanted to support them. So that was a major part of that, even though it was stressful, just having, knowing that I could be with them at the end of the day and at the beginning of the day was important to me. Yeah. Yes. I mean, why are we a parent? We, you know, because we wish to parent. Um, I, I, I tried a couple of businesses. So, when raising children and and just through other circumstances um, my husband wanted me to work but then when I worked he said but the children are suffering so I I never could win but um, so kind of I was the the neighborhood mom you know all the kids would come over to my place after school and so it was like tea time and then who's staying for supper and which kid is coming to live with us right now Uh, and so it was a a role that I really cherished because I was there for my children yes. and for the neighborhood kids who were the latchkey kids and, yes. you know, no fault of their own or even the family because they do what they need to do. But when you choose to seek out a different option, a different way, it isn't an all or nothing. You don't have to be the 12 hour corporate to give them all the material things they want. You chose to put yourself out there on the line of, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to find this balance, this infinity, this, you know, yin and yang. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there I can be the best of myself in both avenues. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. It gave me the freedom to be financially secure mm-hmm. um, and that there was no ceiling. Mm-hmm. And it, But it also gave me that peace of being able to be present with my children yeah. and be attend their events and be there for them and never have to worry that I was going to get called in mm. and have to work long hours. So And there was no stress, right? There was no stress. And because when you find something that you love to do and you do it, it is not a job. It is a passion and it's something you enjoy getting up to every day. Yes, I hear you. 
right with you there completely. <laughs> uh, the only thing I've ever stayed with long enough, 11 and a half years, 10 years of my own network, because I get up every day and I have the privilege of hearing other people's stories, other people's journeys that I know whoever is listening is needing to hear at that mm -hmm. time. Um, because when people learn oh, you, you left that corporate job? I'm at that corporate job. I'm miserable. I'm missing out on everything in life. But I don't know. You know, everybody says giving up that job is selfish. And, and you know, knowing that there is other avenues, you could take all the skills that you've learned in that corporate job and now apply it to something that you're passionate about. Yes. Right? And that's the key is uh, don't be afraid to change. If Are you now a prisoner or a slave to your job and that salary? And you're mm -hmm. resenting it and then the breakdown of the body, the mind, the heart, the soul, the spirit. Or are you going to take all those skills and apply it to something you love where it just all it does is help everything grow into abundance? Yeah, so true. So true. I would never redo any of that at all at any time because mm -hmm. over the last, gosh, gosh, 12 years more, I've been able to go traveling, yes. be with my kids, see them grow. Um, you know, wake up in the morning. I don't wait. I was actually saying to a friend of mine this morning, I have not woken up to an alarm since 2010 mm. because I, I wake up naturally. Mm -hmm. My I go to, I go to bed at a reasonable hour most times, but my body wakes up to the sun unless it's winter time. Then it wakes up to a little bit of dark, but my body just wakes up. <laughs> yes. Right. Because I know there's no like jarring alarm to say, get out of bed. You got to go to work. Right. <laughs> and also it, it is the whole psyche going, a new day awaits you. What wonder. Right. Right. Yes. yes. And don't we want to greet that day? You know, we want to go to bed with gratitude. Thank you for the day that you've given. We want to wake up with gratitude. Thank you for the day before me. Yes. This is this is so true. And I and I really encourage anybody out there who wants to take on to, on entrepreneurship to dive in because it is a feeling of satisfaction. It is a feeling of knowing that you can grow as big as you want or stay as small as you want, but have the ability to feel good about what you want and be grateful where you are. Well, you, know, you, you talk about your prosperity blueprint and, and people go, well, what is prosperity? And I think we need to define what that prosperity is. Is it, you know, um, are you looking at yourself as prosperous because you have a lot of money, a lot of followers, a lot of this and that? Uh, but your time poor, your whole soul and heart poor, or is the prosperity of you being abundantly you and bringing mm. that abundance into everything that you do and into the work that you do that then doesn't just go high and low, it it starts reaching around, you know, the world, which is beautiful. So I think people need to look at what's my definition of prosperity. So why did you name it that? I named it prosperity. Well, first of all, the blueprint is because everybody is imposed with a blueprint. Mm -hmm. The blueprint, though, is not always yours. Right. The blueprint could be your friends. It could be your family. It could be your teacher. It could be social media. But the prosperity, when you look at your blueprint, is it prosperous? Is it abundant with the things that you want in your life? And that doesn't mean monetary. It means yeah. happiness. Is mm -hmm. it prosperous with the friends that you want, the place that you like to live? Are you prosperous within your soul, within yourself? Because once you're prosperous within your soul and yourself, everything else flutters out into your business, into your life. But that is why I wrote it was because mm -hmm. I realized that being prosperous and abundant within my own blueprint, my own beliefs 
Mm-hmm. Then, and I could shift and change those at any time. What was taught to me as a child, I erased a lot of those things because they did not serve me anymore. I let right. go of them. Yeah. I created my own blueprint and put in the things that I wanted, much like a little treasure box. Yes. I put in the things that I wanted, and that's what I wanted to believe and move forward with. And that has brought me incredible abundance and happiness because I chose to put the prosper of myself first before anything right and that and that is again going back to the mother instinct of understanding that in order to be mm-hmm. a great mother you have to look after yourself first before Oxygenate you can children first, right absolutely right? and i think that people don't realize that in business it's not what you've got or how popular or big you are it's do people get you do they f- feel that you're authentic Uh, Are you your own best customer, so to speak? Can they buy you? Because Mm -hmm. if they buy the authenticity of you and why you're doing what you're doing, then they're more interested in what your service or what you're selling, right? But we owe it not only to ourselves to be authentically true to who we are from the very core of our being, but we owe it to other people because we're so caught up in the facade of life the delusion of life, that we are not seeing the reality and the reality is inside out. It is what makes your heart sing. Are you channeling that wisdom that resonates with your heart and truth? Is it igniting your spirit into action? Is your mind clear on what your action should be? And when you're true alignment and you come from your true self, then those decisions make people want to be around you because they feel you. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's so true. And I I think starting with self-discovery first Mm -hmm. is so important. And, you know, understanding that having emotional awareness, which is part of the, in part of the book, which is being aware of your emotions, how are they affecting you? Are they leading you down the road where you want to go? Or are your emotions driving you in the opposite directions? Having this self-discipline of understanding that sometimes things that we think are what society says is good for us are really not. Yeah. And understanding that other people's validations mean garbage absolutely what someone what <laughs> someone thinks of you i always say is none of my business exactly. so stand tall stand tall yeah. in your truth speak your truth and know that you are the most important person in your in for you right you're yeah. not important more than anybody else but you are important to you and when people start to realize that they are so sovereign they are so magnificent and that they should stand tall and speak their truth and believe who they are the world would change dramatically, but a lot of times people are raised to believe that validation and someone else's opinion is more important than what they believe in their heart and soul. And that's why they're forever chasing. And that's yes. why they never feel valued you know, or accepted because they're trying to live by somebody else's expectation and they're not living from the very core of themselves. We have yeah. no power over what other people think of us. And as you said, it's really none of our business. As long as they're not in our face, we have no, um, we have, it is free will. It's what they think of us. But if we know our core truth, we know our core value, we're coming from that, that center space of our, of our divine presence, uh, the essence of us will proceed. It mm-hmm. will be out there before we enter the room, so to speak. And I think, um, you know, comparison and competition are two words I absolutely dislike. Once you start comparing yourself, then Mm. you're feeling less than. 
Now, you can look at other businesses or other people in life, be inspired by them and go, you know, I like what they're doing there. I wonder if I applied it to my life, would it enhance my life? But you're mm-hmm. not trying to live their life. It's your life. You've yes. got to live it from your center, not theirs. They can inspire you, but you it's not to become them. And if you're constantly seeking approval from other people, you're competing all the time for mm-hmm. approval. And that competition is going to let you down and make you feel a loser every time. Yes. You and, can't and please everyone. <laughs> it, I, I think that's a, a very valid point because a lot of people do it and I've done it myself. Mm-hmm. And, and I will be totally transparent in that sense that you do do it. It's human nature. You yes. compare yourself. But know this is that if you're aware of it, mm-hmm. that you're doing it mm-hmm. and that you know it's not serving you. And so you reel it back in and say, wait a minute, why am I comparing myself? Why am I doing that this way? This isn't going to serve me in a positive way. Then you are already miles ahead of anybody else. Yeah, so I agree. You know, the the big A word, awareness. You know, it is having, we have all these beautiful senses. And when we're actually in tuned with all of our senses, they have these fabulous antennas that go out that why am I getting mad right now? Why am I getting anxious right now? Why am I feeling insecure right now? Mm-hmm. I am aware of those senses. Where are they coming from? Oh, it's residual. It's just something triggered from the past. Or I'm in somebody else's vibration that really is not serving me and I need to move out into a different frequency, right? But when you're aware, you can deduce where something mm-hmm. is coming from. So then you can make better choices in order to change it. But that awareness of those senses, of what are your senses telling you? We're so in tune to be outside looking for that instead of listening to our own senses. Mm-hmm. And they call it so many different things, your sixth sense, your gut yeah. feeling. Yeah. But they are and so important that we pay attention to it because I've heard so many stories of friends and colleagues who have, you know, gone to do something known in their core that oh, I should not be signing this document. Exactly. And the hand is writing. And the hand is writing. (laughs) And three years later, they're going, God, I I wish I'd never done that. Why did I do that? Right? So it's listening. It's taking a moment and saying, hey, let me just think about this before I rush in out of fear. Right? Or even in anticipation of what could happen, you're like, let me just take a moment to breathe and think this through. And when we take those moments, which are so important, and a lot of people don't, then you're able to not going so much into the head, but just sitting with what's happening, and kind of sitting with your eyes closed, even and just going through the things, the answers will come, your inner, your inner being, your soul will say, you know, you'll ask, is this right? And you'll get a one word answer, yes, or no. Yeah, you know, it won't go on a long stream like the mind likes to right. give you a, a whole story with why you should do it. It'll just be a yes or no. That is what I call my core right here. You know, mm-hmm. when somebody asks me to do something and my core is definite, no, I don't need to. I don't need to. Oh, but why core? I don't need to. It's absolute. Right now, if the core isn't doing that and it's like, well, inquire, it may not be a yes, it may not be a no, but inquire to know more then it's okay. I listen to those senses. But when that cause says no, no argument, no argument mm-hmm. at all. I'm listening. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to pay the price. Yes. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Let's talk about ego. Because that's, you know, ego 
we can have self-pride. And you know, mm-hmm. some people don't like the word, you know, being proud or pride. And I think we, we can be proud of ourselves and our achievements in life. We can be proud of that we, we took the road of going through the struggle to become. Um, but I think when we get to that ego, where the ego is speaking and the chatter, really mm-hmm. that is the doubt and the insecurity, isn't it? It is. It, it is absolutely. Um, and I, I, again, I'm going to be totally transparent. I've been in that situation mm-hmm. where the ego has been there and it's talking all the fun stuff and I'm yeah. sitting there and I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'm kind of in a place like, okay, I have to reel this back in. I have to reel this back in and realize that all that mind chatter goes back to that core belief mm-hmm. of fight or fight, right? Yes. You're, you're, you're either going to run from it or you're going to fight it. So you've yeah. got to really, again, understand that the mind is there to protect you. But ultimately, it's not going to resolve. It's not going to no. solve the solution. The solution is going to be solved when you're in your core, your exactly. soul. That's exactly. where the solution is. Always. That's where so, the clarity is. Yes. So don't give don't give your mind a whole bunch of hard questions to answer because it's just not going to. It's going to give you a whole story and a scenario, and it's going to take you down a tra- long path that's going to be not so fun. So and talk you out of well something know, makes yes. complete rational sense. The core yes. said this, but yes, core. And and then the next thing you know, you're not doing it because you've talked yourself out of it. And it's that awful mind space that does that. And the mind likes to go down to the what ifs instead of yes. what if, right? Yeah. You know? yeah. And I think that's a, it's very, you know, and the other thing is when the mind gets chatting like that, we are shutting off the intellect of the heart and the soul and the spirit. And we need to listen to the heart, soul and spirit to guide the mind into what it needs to know when it needs to know it because if we give the mind liberty it mm-hmm. can get us into Off all sorts of trouble oh <laughs> yes and and it can go really it can go um i'm mm-hmm. just thinking of a story with my son as far as ego is concerned he had skipped school and mm-hmm. i get a phone call i'm going to back it up with a little story first my son used to phone me and pretend to be something else and the week before he had phoned me and pretended to be a cop and had been my son had been arrested for murder oh, right God. and of course you know whole <gasps> feeling etc and then it turns out it's my son so mm-hmm. I'm on a I'm on a field trip with my daughter and I get this phone call from um this woman who said she's a nurse from the hospital and she has a very deep voice and I think it's, it's my son I said okay Tyler I'm not buying it uh, no, ma'am, this is no, no, Tyler, I'm not buying it this time. <laughs> like a, oh, no, no. Ma'am, this is the hospital. Of a, oh, shit, maybe it is. And in skipping the day, he had gone up to the uh, this ravine and they had put up a rope and a hook and swung over it, right? And oh, no. as he put his foot in the hook, he said, this doesn't feel right. I shouldn't do it. And he was about to step off and he's 13. And his friend said, but my girlfriend can do it. And immediately ego stepped in. Well, if the girlfriend could do it, so can I. And the reason I'm being called at the hospital is that he fell off the hook down this 25-foot embankment and woke up in the water of the ravine with his leg behind him with a snapped femur. So that was a huge lesson in not letting ego speak and trusting your gut instinct. Right. And it doesn't mean that he he didn't make more mistakes in life, but that was a big lesson because had he listened and honored that inner voice, because the inner voice knew more, he wouldn't have been in that predicament. Yeah. Wow. 
That's scary as a parent. <laughs> yeah, oh, God, it is. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but he'd already given me the scare the way before. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, yes, what our kids put us through. I've got gray hairs for a reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's another thing, you know, that is important to teach our children. The more we teach them to be aware, the more we teach them that there are differences, wonderful cultures in the world, and it's all one, and, and this one isn't the only right one. It's maybe right for you, and it's not right for someone else. And the more to question, the more to learn, the more to listen. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it helps them navigate through life of what they want, because they're more aware of what else is out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it gives them, it gives them stepping stool you know yeah. they make the mistakes they they kind of traverse through it and then they realize what they want to take and what they don't want to so I always like to let my children mess up yes and then they would come to me and they would say oh I really screwed up mom and yep. I'm like well what did you do oh well, I pushed my friend in a in a grocery cart down the hill and it smashed into the back of the car with two children in the back and I went oh well let's go deal with that mess right. and I every other parent it was so funny because every other parent was screaming and yelling at their kids because there were two other children that were involved one in the cart and then one beside him and I just stood there and I remember the, the cop saying to me you're very calm about this I said well I can't do much it's done yes I, said, I can only share with my son that this is an experience that he never ever wants to have to do again exactly. and then I turned to the three boys and I said if there's the gentleman here does the cost on the damage to the car all three of you are working and all three of you will split the cost yeah and they were all just looking at me and I said yes but you did it you I would say you chose because to take this action yes so you have to pay for the consequences so, exactly a good yeah. lesson to have and you know you know, I'd say to my kids, I do not condone the action, but mm -hmm. this has got nothing to do with love. I will mm -hmm. always love you. And you, there are parents that use that love as a as a threatening tool. I won't love you if. Uh, yeah. I'll only love you if you do that. And I think it's it's in disciplining and making them accountable. With, they've always got to know, first and foremost, I love you, but you are going to pay for this experience right yes. yeah. and we'll do it together we'll get through it together but you're an idiot yes <laughs> and That's you know as, as a parent you know if we, you know it's it's always hair raising isn't it at times but I think if we bring them up listening to the core of their being whatever the experiences they put themselves through in life that core always brings them back it always mm -hmm. centers them, right? Or catches them before they go and do something utterly stupid. <laughs> yes. It's it's putting the hard work in when they're younger yes. and being very, and letting them, I like to say, mess up um, because I think that's how you learn. Yes. Because if you, if you do everything for your children, mm -hmm. you never learn. And you and I know that both, that if you don't mess up, you can't learn. And that's the exactly. same in business. You don't make the mistakes, then how are you going to learn how to do it? And many of the most successful people in the world have screwed up multiple over and over times. And over again. Yes, exactly. So, but they have continued to be successful because they have continued to pursue what they want to see. And then finally it's come through. So like you said earlier in the podcast, never give up because that's the only way you can fail. And the thing is, um, don't look at anything that you did or decision you made as a failure. It just didn't work that way. Mm -hmm. Okay, note, don't do it that way. Let's try a different way. I mean, we right. wouldn't have the light bulb if Einstein hadn't 
you know, thousand times, right? There are, we look at people as an overnight sensation and we don't look at the 10, 15 years of hard slog to get there. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't have been equipped to doing this today had I not gone through all the experiences that I went through before I started mm-hmm. this journey. Everything that we go through becomes something that goes in our toolkit um, as an experience that's going to help us in that next journey. And if we're not, you look at a skater, how many times are they going to fall before they learn to skate with balance and twirl and jump and throw each other around? That didn't come, oh, I'm just going to do a quad right now. Mm-hmm. How many times did they fall before they got it right? And even once they've got it right in competition, they can still fall, mm-hmm. right? And it, it, yeah. that's the thing about life is that you push and you go, I'm going to try. I'm going to do it. If it means something to it, you're going to do something to learn how to do it. If it means something to you. So I think the big thing is finding something that means something to you. Mm-hmm. And you have passion for and you yeah. want and you, and you want to do right. So and I think that is so important with anybody. If someone is looking to become an entrepreneur, it's find that passion, find something that gives you spark in the morning that you get up and you feel and even start it as a side hobby yes. and just doing a little bit before you let go. Because for some people, cutting that string right away is too dramatic. Right. Um, but, you know, if you want to start it as a side hobby and then it becomes massive, you know, you start something small. So whatever it is, do something that makes you happy, because at the end of the day, that's where you want to be is you want to enjoy your life and be happy. There are some people that are still in their kind of quote, quote, corporate jobs. And they say, I'm gone down to three days a week. And those other four days, um, or I go and put into something I love. I don't make much money doing that. So this job supports the passion and I don't mind the balance. Yes. Right. So it's the balance of both. And I think it's like there is no all or nothing. You know, not everybody has to leave corporate, be hungry to start something else. As you said, it could be um, there is um, one woman I interviewed who always loved writing stories when she was young, but it was like, go and get a real job. So she went into, um, you know, um, advertising and graphic design. And one day she's in a traffic jam and a, story, a children's story comes into her and she didn't have enough paper. So she's writing on her arm. And now she's one of, you know, leading children's story uh, people out there because the passion came through and couldn't be shut off. And so when something comes through to you so strong, pay attention to it. This is the time to nurture it. What do Mm -hmm. I need to really make this into something that it can go where it needs to go? And very often we we don't take that step because we don't know how. Well, that's when we reach out to people like yourself and how do you blueprint your your you know prosperity journey and how do you where do you start because I think once you know why you want to do it or that mm-hmm. you're compelled to doing it the next thing is to understand how mm-hmm. so I will say this that one of the biggest things in my program discover your blueprint is recognizing mm-hmm. and one of the first things that any of my clients are to do is they are to journal for an entire week everything negative and positive so they can see where their thought patterns are because we have over 20,000 thoughts a day there's just no way you're going to remember them all so by writing them down you're aware where your thought patterns are and I had one client who was 26 years old and she came to me after and she said I never realized how freaking negative I was (laughs) yeah 
Yeah. And it and it was her thought patterns that she would yeah. just keep thinking negative thoughts. So I said, this is why this continuous strain of negative things show up in your life because you're always on that negative loop. And that is probably the first thing is recognizing mm -hmm. why you are in the place you are now. It's because of your thought patterns. Thoughts go out, they meet the vibration, they bring in the things. And I always say to my kids, you know, when they say, and even to their friends, stop saying you're stupid, stop saying yes. I'm a dumbass, stop saying yes. I'm an idiot or a failure because yes. the universe, God, whatever you believe in does not hear I don't want, or I yeah. miss, it just hears what you don't want and off it comes and then it shows up in your life. But I didn't ask for that. And you're like, well, you kind of did. <laughs> so yes, it, it's, um, it, you know, I think that it's a huge point that because we're stuck in old patterns and beliefs and very often they're not even our own, you know, they're, they are, um, you know, to do everybody with, else's <laughs> everybody else's around you they're to do with parental they're to do mm -hmm. with past life they're to do with societal dictation and when you can remove yourself when you start documenting and you go but yeah, where the hell did that negative thought come from and it, and you like so okay, yeah 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 aunt so-and-so is constantly saying that or mum and dad are saying that or or God, yes, that's that's something I picked up from social media. Why have I? And you, you know, again, back to the big A word, aware. Yeah. Right? That's where, where it starts. Aware. Aware of what you're saying to yourself, how you're feeling, what you're feeding, what you really want in life, what what is around you that is not serving you. If you don't wake up and become aware of your presence, your surroundings, your now, you're constantly going to repeat that loop. Yeah. Absolutely. And that is what a lot of people, they don't want to be aware. So they just continually loop yeah. and they continually tell the same story over and over again. And I, and in a nice way, I'm like, well, then that's why you will continually have the same stuff show up in your life because right. you are not in a place. And this is also something I say to people, you cannot force people to move nope. if they don't nope. wish to. So what you have to do sometimes is if you have someone who you love or is a friend, partner, whatever it is that that person cannot move through it, then you have to love and accept them where they are. You may have to leave them where they are yeah. and you move on, but you can't, you have to let them go their journey at their speed. And it's not everybody, will. yes, free not, will. Yeah. not everybody's going to be no. at that same journey as you. And you will also notice that as you go through the journey, certain people will show up, certain people will leave. Yes. So that's you know, another that, big change. That's okay. You know, like suddenly, um, I remember when, um, because I've always been a heart and soul igniter, I've always been a spiritual person, you know, my entire existence. Um but I, I went through a very dark phase with a very abusive marriage. And, uh, and, you know, I was thinking the kids, I didn't have a career at that time because every time I started one, it kiboshed it. And so it was when the kids were grown up, when the kids are grown up. And it was actually the kids said, mom, time. It's time <laughs> for the divorce, right? And um, I had put myself, because of my spiritual sensitivity, couldn't take the abuse anymore. I put myself kind of in the darkness and retreated with my heart and soul. And I could see the light out there beckoning me. And I thought, no, I'm peaceful here. Leave me alone. And then I realized, <laughs> ooh, I've been coming too peaceful here. I'm, I'm in avoidance of empathy. I've become apathetic and I had to come out. And it was very bright when I came out and felt the shadows were chasing me. Now I'm in that place where I love to go into the darkness for I am the light. And mm -hmm. I had to take that journey to get there. But it was realizing 
uh, I was avoiding instead of facing. Mm -hmm. I was making excuses instead of dealing with it. And I thought I was protecting the kids. I thought it was only me, only me that he was harming. Mm. Uh, to learn afterwards that no, it wasn't. Everybody was suffering because of what was going on between us. And I had chosen not to be aware, you yeah. know, and it wasn't because I didn't care. It was because I thought if it's only me, then this is how I protect myself and then it won't roll over onto the kids without mm -hmm. realizing. Had I stepped into awareness and I would see the effect that it was having on the kids, then I would have been more empowered to do something about it earlier. Mm. All right. And yeah. that's the thing is we can't avoid. We, you know, it, we can't, you know, you can go wherever you want to go, but you're always with you. You can't outrun yourself. No. You're going to have to face yourself somewhere along the line, right? Whatever excuse yes. you want to make, you're still going to have to face yourself somewhere along the line. <laughs> yep. And you also know that that was that time frame where you were, became self-aware. Mm. You finally realized it, right? So yes. that is also sometimes we can't rush the process of other people because exactly. it, they have to be in a place where they are so finally self-aware of what's going on around them. And it's time for them to make that stand. I, my first relationship was very emotionally and physically abusive. And it took, I was all like you, always the excuse, yeah. excuse, excuse, excuse. And then finally, one day I was like, that's it. <laughs> I've yeah. had enough. I'm yep. out. Yep. And never looked back. So everybody gets to their point. And I had, you know, some of my best friends say to me, oh, are you sure you want to be a single mom? It's really, really hard. Yes. But then I was like, yeah, but which is the lesser of two evils? I was like, peace and tranquility or constantly walking on shells? No, thanks. I think I'll take the peace yeah. and tranquility. And, and I had that, you know, he was so friendly and gregarious. Everybody thought we were the perfect couple. Because mm. nobody, I've always been the person to be there for other people and be their strength. Mm -hmm. So they didn't want to seek me in my weakness. Right. So yeah. very often the perceptions that we put on what we want from people stops us from really seeing they actually need us right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's interesting because I could even tell people what was going on and they chose not to accept it. They yeah. pre prefer to stay with their perception. And the thing is, you can't do anything about that. No, That's their perception. You know, you, perception. You can yeah. educate, but if they choose not, then you can't do anything about it. And, you know, I did a, a collage at that time and it was, there was a perfect one of, a hand around a man's mouth, like your opinion doesn't matter anymore. And, uh, you know, kind of where I wanted to see my life. And it was, and sometimes I think we just need to do that. You know, I'm a person who likes the visuals and sometimes we need to understand, <clears throat> yeah, that visual is representing that, that visual is, this is actually saying what I really do want or how I want to feel. And when, like, when we're asking the universe for something, you're asking for things. What you should be asking is how you want to feel, mm -hmm. right? Universe, I'd like to be in a place where I feel secure or tranquil enough to do or supported because mm -hmm. the universe can knows how to match the feelings. But if it's yes. like, I would like a Maserati in red, please. It doesn't know how to deliver that. <laughs> no, because it's it's the feeling behind it. So when you feel really good. That's yeah. why I would say when you're in a place with people um, and you're having a really good time, whether you're out with friends or you're sitting in the company of 
you know, a beautiful little child and her mother, or you're, you're with your, your loved one, or you're with your boyfriend, your husband, when you're in that bliss moment, that just that bliss moment, those are the perfect times. Yes to manifest because you are emitting a vibration of complete and utter happiness. And so seeing what you'd like to see in the future, Mm -hmm. you say, I'd like to have this and I'd like to feel this way. And I'd like to see that. And my good friend, Misty Lee always says, she writes once upon a time in the near distant future. And I said to her, once upon a time in the near distant future, I will be sitting across a table, sipping a hot tea in the cool breeze as we look at your beautiful landscape. And she goes, don't tease me. But do you see the feeling that I'm admitting I'm putting it out there but I'm painting the picture exactly with the emotions behind it right emotions are super important because they stagnate the body they get stuck inside the body and then you bring and sometimes those emotions are not even yours or someone else's that you've taken on and then it just forms that blueprint and that blueprint becomes a certain way this is why like you said, awareness, recognizing, being aware of your thoughts, your patterns, what you think, how you react to things is so important. So important. I am gaming and I'm a person visual, so I kind of create um, um, patterns and things like this, uh, uh, you know, it's of, of what I want. And I make sure that I look at it every day. Mm-hmm. It sits on my on my desktop and I just open it up and I look at it and it speaks to how I want to feel and what I want that's, that will help me feel that way. And it's not necessarily things, you know, um, I'd like a sanctuary that I can mm-hmm. feel safe in. You know, I'd like to have an, enough abundance that can sustain me, uh, you know, that that my purpose has further reaching and it's again all with that feeling but i'm a person who's a visualist i like to put the visual behind the feeling and just and the universe one thing we've got to understand with it it's going to give it to you when the time is right and very often it it means that this person (laughs) has to come into your life and maybe they're not quite ready to come into your life because they're the person that's going to make this happen for you and you've just got to be that p word patient (laughs) yes yes yeah. Everything happens as it should. And sometimes we have to go through a little bit of a, I would say, sort of, you know, a learning process before we can get to the next yeah. stepping stone. So, yeah, very but important. Be willing to learn. I mean, this is, I don't care if you have a PhD, a DDD, a BBB, I don't care. Those are just letters on a, on a thing. It shows that you can gather knowledge. But the real intellect for me is how do you use your wisdom? Because the wisdom is knowing how to use that knowledge for the greater good. And mm. and I think that the important thing is that we're so caught up in the intellect of life, you know, the the learning, what do I need to learn to to move myself forward, that we forget to allow the wisdom to come through because what you think you need to learn at this time isn't. Right. What you're needing to learn at this time is maybe awareness, maybe is patience, maybe it is presence, mm. maybe it is understanding your essence. That's all you need to learn in this moment. But you've dictated through your intellect that it's this. And the universe and the wisdom is saying, no, it's this. But because you're not paying attention, mm. you're missing the very thing that you need that's going to help you get where you need to go. You have to start all over again. <laughs> you do. 
Back to another loop. Another loop is another loop. So you just, you know, I always think if you if you don't succeed at what you like, then try a different way. Look at a different avenue and start again. And then we go back to the light bulb. You know, a thousand times, ten thousand times, not succeeding, and then finally succeeding. So. There's but it's always... not it's not always going back to the beginning though, because what it is no. is it's another like an onion, another layer. Another, another layer. layer of wisdom, another layer of wisdom, and you're gathering, 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 and then you reach suddenly a point where I've got enough wisdom now to really do something with it, right? And I so. think this is so important too, you know, like you were saying with people with, you know, the PhDs and the yeah. MDs and all this, it is, you've you you've absorbed all this incredible information, but if you look at it in the indigenous cultures, yeah. it is the it is the wise older people yeah. that they, they seek the knowledge from, because there's great to have the knowledge, but the life experience is yeah. well beyond anything well beyond. you could you can learn in a book or you yeah. can learn from going to school. So, and and I think some of that essence has been lost as we've you know kind of traversed through the last I would say thirty years is that the elders are not respected as much as they used to be. Oh, especially in North America. Yes. Yeah, they're they're tossed out, you know, because yes. everything is shiny and new. And everything goes old has to be disposed of. And it, it is, it, you're literally cutting your limbs off by doing that. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, I think if they kind of dived more into the Eastern culture of shamans, of, of wise ones, and understand that it's not just a life lived and experience, it's that when they're at that level of the shamanic level, is that they have immersed themselves in so many deep layers of mm-hmm. earth culture and and dimensional culture mm-hmm. the, the knowledge that they bring to you transcends even the experience that they've had because they allowed themselves to go through that experience by being aware and patient <laughs> yes exactly and i'm hoping with the shift as we start to move into different dimensions that we start to that more of more people embrace that that they understand that bringing all the old baggage with you doesn't serve you that you have to let go of all of that and embrace what's happening in and i always go back to this the now moment is the most yes. important moment nothing else matters just be present in the now with whatever you're doing whoever you're connecting with and whatever you're saying and that you know money is a tool right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know any, any success you have is a recognition of your contribution but money is a tool it's a it's a great waterer of your dreams and of your passion and yes it's a necessity thing in our sustainability in life but don't give money the power on its mm-hmm. own uh, because then we become a slave to that rather than it working for us, right? right? So I think it's be careful of what you look at. I want to be rich and famous. Well, you could be rich and famous as a serial killer, right? <laughs> <laughs> be careful what you wish for be because careful. you never know, you no, never exactly. know what you're going to get. <laughs> and, you know, I love it in the movies. Whenever you see a catastrophic movie, the first people to go with the rich people. <laughs> because that's really ultimately how we feel about it and it's like i don't care if you're rich as long as you're reseeding those possibilities for other people because there is a responsibility around you being rich it was on the back of other people and you've got to take that money now and see those opportunities and possibilities for other people Mm because that's why you were gifted the richness in the first place not to hoard it and that same goes with your soul and your spirit and your wisdom it's not just for you it is for you to share it 
because there's somebody out there that needs it that's going to be part of their growth and not on their journey. Right. Mm. Yes, very well said, definitely. So the book covers the understanding of what your blueprint is or how to rewrite your blueprint into a more prosperative mindset. So the, are you asking me the book itself? Is that what you're asking me? So the book is a little bit about my life, what I went through, um, and different parts of my life where I began to understand how to sort of switch that on, understanding the blueprint, understanding that what was happening, learning and progressing, and then being very in a place of, of authentic gratitude, mm-hmm. not, I feel positive today because, you know, it's sunny. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Because the universe knows that you're fake in that. Yeah, exactly. Right? It knows deluding you yourself. Yes, exactly. Right. Avoiding so reality. <laughs> being, I used to say to one of my clients, because she was had going through a massive divorce and she was absolutely miserable. She was a very bitter, nasty divorce. And, and she said, well, what have I got to be grateful for? There's nothing. I'm losing everything. And my kids are fighting. And I said, do you have a white soft pillow to sleep on? She goes, well, yeah, I have a bed. And I said, and you have your cat. She goes, oh, yeah, he's amazing. He comes in and purrs. I said, then right there, you have something to be grateful for. So I said, in the morning, when you're petting your cat and you're lying there in bed before you get up to go to work, be in that moment of gratitude because that's massive. You're being grateful for just that simple little thing, but that's massive. Fast forward, what, three years, four years later, she ended up buying her own house and she didn't think she ever could because he had really messed her over for money she bought her own house she renovated it her kids two of her kids one's at college two of her kids live with her she has a brand new job she's got a car she's happy so i look at that person who was sitting in the basement her she had like a skin rash that had broken out because she was so stressed out she was just exhausted and didn't think there was anything to be happy for So believe me, your life can change, never give up, but it's what you believe and what you're grateful for. Yeah. That gratitude is really huge because again, when you, when you're grateful for the small things, the bigger things come, you you don't want a big thing to come when you're at the beginning because you wouldn't know what to do with it. It is those small things that gather and gather and gather that when something bigger happens, you know what to do with it. You know how to handle it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, being grateful for just, I woke up this morning, I'm breathing, going to Mm -hmm. bed at night. Thank you for the day. Good or bad. Thank you for the day. And Mm -hmm. that head on your pillow. And it's that it's being grateful that I'm simply alive today. Mm -hmm. There are many people who didn't wake up this morning. I'm alive today with a possibility in front of me, opportunity in front of me. And it's up to me how I greet that day and what I'm going to do with it. Mm, yes and how you're how you're going to react and how you're going to be in service of others because I always like to say when you can even when you don't have anything give it may not be monetary it may be your time it may be a comment it may be a hello it may be a remark on social media but give give Mm -hmm. back because even your giving will the universe will in return give you back 10 times the amount that you're giving so even sometimes when i have nothing on me no change i'll give whatever i can even if it's my last loonies or toonies because i know that in it may in some way help and people will say oh but i don't want to give money because who knows what they'll do with it but it's not you to judge right it's not your it's not your life to judge you're giving with no aspect of receiving anything back you have to give unconditionally and what that person takes it to go and get drugs or takes it to go and get a sandwich is not up to you to make that choice so giving 
giving with gratitude as well. And, you know, there's a, a lovely gentleman that I interviewed some years ago, and he started off by buying people signs. I'm hungry or I'm looking for work or can you spare anything? And he would negotiate and buy the signs for them instead of just giving them money. Right. And it'd be enough to see them through the day or maybe a bus uh, trip somewhere. And he did this over many years that eventually they did a documentary on what he did and it became an art gallery of all the signs that oh, he had wow. gathered through the years. But the main thing was, is that in that transaction, he treated them as humans into this isn't uh, you begging and me giving. This is just a transaction where you can feel proud of, that you feel that you, you know, accomplished something of. And it was just that dignity. And I think if we could give ourselves that same respect and dignity and treat others with that, there's mm -hmm. this big, huge word, folks. It's called kindness. <laughs> and when we're kind to ourselves and we're kind to others, and that kindness can simply be a smile walking down the street. That could be opening up the door and saying, hi, have a good day at the, you know, at the cashier. How's your day going? A kindness is so simple. It's the cheapest thing to give in life. Mm -hmm. And it is sometimes life saving. Yes. Very true. So if somebody wants to be your client, what is the procedure and how do they get hold of you? <laughs> if someone would like to work with me, they could um, reach out to me. I'm on most social media planks, but if you, so most social media platforms, not planks. Um, Walking the plank. I could be on a plank. I could be on a plank. <laughs> um, but you can go to rochelleharlington.ca. Could you just um, spell you that for the people who are only just listening? Sure. So it's Rochelle. So it's R-A-S as in Sam. C-H-E-L-L. -L, and then Harlington is H-A-R-L-I-N-G-T-E-N dot C-A. C-A folks for Canada, not dot yeah. com not .com. Um, and you can book a discovery call there. You can, there's a section where you can send me an email. You can book a discovery call. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Instagram. I'm on Roots for Success because that is the name of my company, Roots for Success. And um, yeah, you can work with me. You can decide what you want to do, what you're looking at changing, where you're looking to really shift your life, um, or we can just have a conversation. And you have a so. podcast as well. I do. So the podcast is called the Transformational Soul Talks. Uh, I'm on about seven different platforms, um, but it's also on uh, a live video form on the Zondra TV network as well. And it's on Apple, Apple, Roku, and uh, I think Binge and uh, Tony TV out of Australia, um, where I've selected several of the podcasts, really transformational stories for men and women from around the globe who have gone through severe transformation and I'm sharing those stories mm. um and and because I always say that that one story can give someone the inspiration yes. to take that first step in a direction that they want to go so reason why I me. do this yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah absolutely it is it's it's amazing you get to share and you get to meet so many people so you can find me on any of those platforms I'm pretty google my name and you'll find me right so and you know the thing is I think we need to understand is again back to that big word kindness and sharing a smile and just you know acknowledging people and um, mm -hmm. you know that you saw me you heard me I'm not invisible to you can really mean a lot but by sharing your story I've interviewed people what I call virgin podcasters they've never done one before but you know I don't know about my story I mean who wants to listen to it 
And I said, you have no idea the impact that you're going to have. And, you know, you might just think, well, yeah, I just got through it. And I have, I live with a 90 year old who's just turned 90 this last uh, week. And a week before a friend of mine threw her a little dinner tea party and she brought out the cake and we're all singing happy birthday to her. And she's about to cut the cake. And on her face is this exuberance of a five-year-old, you know, <laughs> like this and I posted it and I said this is what 90 looks like the exuberance mm-hmm. right over 300 people have commented even the waiter a restaurant we go to has seen it and then yes. her on her actual birthday she kind of got dressed up and I posted again you know this is the essence of a 90 year old she still drives she still cooks yes she's got short-term memory loss but she's got an exuberance for life and she's the person that lost a twin sister had polio her fiance was killed four days before the wedding she's been through it she knows what loss is about but she's chosen to see the sunny side of the street and uh she doesn't understand it i don't know what all the fuss is about uh but what people see in her is i want that joy I want that exuberance. I want to be excited about cutting my cake, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a reminder. And it's a, just a simple post. We don't know what that post is going to say to someone, what that podcast, what that story, you know, whatever it is, well, how it's going to reach someone and the difference it's going to make. And if it simply brings a smile to someone's face, hallelujah. Yes. You've done your job. Yes. Absolutely. By sharing that story. So very powerful, very powerful. And again, you know, we never know. We never know where that inspiration is going to come from. I always say that inspiration begets invitation. When you're inspired, Mm -hmm. it's inviting you to take your journey again. Well, maybe I can. And, you know, (laughs) the journey isn't going to be the same, but it's about that courage and that strength and that resilience. Do I have it in me? You know, I'm that willing to explore. And because we're so much more resilient than we give ourselves credit for, aren't we? We are. Mm Mm-hmm. I look back at all the stuff I've done and I think to myself, oh my God, how did I get through all this? Exactly. <laughs> but I did, but I did. So, yes. and I'm still here. And there's so much I'm more loving... to do and so much and more so in front of you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I think again, is that, you know, what trajectory you're on, you know, why you're doing it. And that's a big thing, knowing why you're doing it. You love what you're doing, but the impact it's going to have and the growth it's going to have, really, you just allow. You nurture. Yes right? Feed and nurture, but you allow it and don't dictate because if you dictate, you can limit it. And I think when you just allow the universe says, I've got your back. I know what you're doing. I love what you're doing. I'm going to expand this energy out. And then suddenly Mm -hmm. you find you're going, wow. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Uh, But you know, what does it come back to folks? Awareness. Being aware mm. of what you're saying to yourself, being aware of what you're doing to yourself, the, what you're allowing other people around you to do to you, uh, being aware that you're living an outside life and not an inside life. You know, all of it is that first, what is your awareness? And I think if anything, start writing your journal and looking at everything that you do in a week and mm-hmm. uh, go, oh, maybe it's time for change. I need to reach out to Rochelle. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for sharing here today love oh you're so welcome thank you for having me on this was so much fun we talked about everything so everything that's the whole point we give you the whole smokers board folks so it's a buffet for you to pick from so (laughs) but again please do not get stuck in the in the negatives in the perpetual cycle do know that things can get better 
but they only get better if you take action. And first of it is being aware of where you're at and then knowing where you would like to be. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Thanks so much, Han. And until next mm-hmm. time, folks, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. There are so many more for you here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. Just go to the podcast tag at the top there and you will see all the many genres and all 3,000 shows ready for your listening. We are here to serve you, to help you on your journey of life. And we know that through inspiration, it begets invitation. We are supported by you, the listeners, and those that we interview. Anything that you can spare us in donation would be greatly accepted. And we do hope that you enjoy the next show.